I'm Katie. And I'm Steve. And this is the City of Reading Podcast. Welcome to a Reading City Council update. For full details on each one of the items covered or to watch the meeting online, visit cityofreading.org. There are a few steps involved to navigate to the video link, but we will walk you through that at the end of the recap. For any questions, suggestions, or comments, please email podcast at cityofreading.org. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Chuck Auckland, uh, Director of Public Works here at the city, and I would like you to provide you with a brief recap of our council meeting on March 16th, uh, 2021. So to start out with, I'll go through what uh, some of the routine items that were on the consent calendar. I think one of them, one big one to note is, is that uh, the city was authorized, they are the council authorized the city manager to negotiate a purchase and sale agreement with TNS DVBE for some property out at our Stillwater Business Park. Um, activities really picking up out there. We've got uh, a couple of lots that have sold, a few lots in escrow, and here are two more lots uh, that uh, want to build out there. So we're really excited about that, and uh, hopefully we'll get that deal done and, and move on with uh, construction uh, for another business out there. So good stuff there. Uh, second thing we want to highlight is actually a couple of different items, both the the uh, electric utility and our public works, the own public works department, are buying a few vehicles. Uh, not the most exciting thing, but uh, but uh, just want to make the, the city aware that uh, we do have a couple of bucket trucks for our electric utility um, that are being purchased uh, to make sure they can operate safely. And then for our solid waste utility, a new uh, roll-off truck. And so we've got a few different ways where we collect uh, refuse in the in the city. And, and one of those is our uh, roll-off carts that uh, collect um, construction debris for the most part, and also some large uh, commercial uh, items there. But uh, we are in need of updating the fleet there and, and uh, moving forward with that. Uh, next thing, uh, we give an, a monthly update to the council uh, regarding our economic stimulus program. So this is a COVID-related uh, project, uh, where we're actually a program of projects. Uh, we got about $9 million that are dedicated to um, various energy efficiency projects uh, here in the city, things like uh, lighting retrofitting to LED replacements and uh, modifying our heating and air conditioning units to more energy efficient, uh, installing solar, uh, looking at several different ways that we can save operational dollars moving forward uh, while utilizing uh, some uh, stimulus money to, to engage local contractors. We're breaking this up into a number of, of contracts to, you know, especially during last year to try to keep our construction industry healthy and busy during a time of, uh, of an economic downturn. And we were pretty successful at, and we have a couple of more projects that are, that are going, we finished about six projects and we've got another, another probably dozen or so to do. Um, we have awarded um, our latest one and that's uh, retrofitting the lighting, the stadium lighted at several of the parks and ball fields in town. Um, we've got several more coming up at, at some other um uh, ball fields as well. And then we'll be moving into some of the solar uh, installations at the fire stations and heating and ven uh, heating, ventilation and air conditioning at those fire stations as well. So a lot of good stuff that the council is authorized and uh, try to keep the, our economy humming. Uh, next is um, an item that was um, talked about a little bit. So it was about campaign finance. So our attorney uh, wanted to talk about AB 571 
and that is a new law implemented uh, in the state. And just so folks are aware that, you know, prior to that law, there were no limitations on local campaign financing. So anybody could donate as much as they want to any campaign. Well, the state has come in and said, no, we want to put a $4,900 limit on any individual contributions. And so the local agencies have the, uh, the authority or right to come in and uh, either modify those or adopt another ordinance that, that changes that. Uh, and so after some debate last night, the council decided to just go with the state's recommendation of the $4,900. There was a little bit of discussion and debate on that, but ultimately they decided the city attorney to uh, directed him uh, that no need to adopt any individual ordinance that will just roll with uh, roll with the uh, state adopted guidelines of that $400. Now that, that is also to say though, an individual that's running their own campaign can donate as much as they want of their own money to their campaign, but just uh, from other individual donors, it is limited to, to uh, $4,900. Uh, moving on into other items in the uh, regular calendar that uh, had some discussion. Um, first off, and probably the highlight of the night actually was uh, um, Jake Mangus from the Chamber of Commerce and Randall Hempling, uh, one of the board members at the Turtle Bay uh, Museum, uh, gave a presentation uh, and summary of the Garden Lights uh, project that happened over this last uh, Christmas time. Uh, for folks that don't know, that was a, a significant attraction that was set up over at the Turtle Bay Garden, uh, where they had over a million lights that were lighted up in various displays with music and and all kinds of activities that uh, went along with that, some food and beverage and gift shop and other things like that, that, that uh, really was the goal of this. And, and again, the idea sort of spawned pre-COVID. Um, and so there was some concern that, hey, would we still be able to do that? And by and large, uh, they pulled it off and pulled it off by a, a, a good measure. Um, they had expected maybe 37 to 40,000 visitors uh, to that display this year and they ended up with over 70 uh, nearly 77,000 uh, uh, folks that, that came in and took a lot from all kinds of places five different states uh, out of town um, very successful uh, you know one of the goals was to to make sure that is it's uh, provide something for families to go to to create a family tradition to sustain this uh, on through um, uh, for a long amount of time to provide that wow factor to really bring people in. And so it cost about to $1.2 million to purchase it and get it installed. And, and uh, the city of Reading um, donated about $500,000 to that cause last year. And so um, Randall and, and Jake wanted to provide an update on, on where that money went and how well it uh, was received. And, and, uh, it really turned out to be good when they, they got over a million dollars in ticket sales. Uh, so they um, intend to um, enlarge it and expand it into next year. Um, there's, there are ongoing costs. Uh, they've got to replace the lights about every three years. And as I mentioned, it's, it's over a million lights. So it's significant uh, cost of maybe $175,000 per year or so. They've got to find places to store this, but, but by and large, it was very successful. They expected to expand that they, uh, do not expect to uh, continue to ask the city for funding every year. They want to be self-supporting and, and self-sustaining. And, uh, um, and, and also they want to be able to provide this uh, opportunity to, for anybody. There is an admission uh, to it and that helps to obviously fund it, but uh, 
they were able to get the average price last year down to $13.54. And, 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 you know, want to work with the community to make sure that everybody is able to go and enjoy that. So good conversation, a good update and well received by the council. Uh, next up, we had a uh, presentation by our uh, city manager's office. Uh, Janelle Galbraith gave a presentation on our animal control ordinance. Uh, kind of interesting. That's an ordinance that's been in place since 1981, um, last updated in 2005. So there were several areas in there that uh, that uh, needed to be updated and, and highlighted, uh, you know, for, for current times. Uh, there were several things in there like... Uh, you know, dogs and public spaces were completely um, uh, eliminated. Um, and so they wanted to, to allow that to happen in certain spots that were posted. Uh, you know, cats, uh, cats eating and, and or being fed in public spaces, uh, dangerous dogs, uh, dogs that are in distress. Uh, it, it authorizes uh, emergency personnel to actually go into a vehicle if, if a dog is left in a parking lot with the windows up and it's hot and they appear to be in distress where previously that would not have been allowed. So just a lot of things that uh, that needed to be updated in there and, and make sure that uh, our animal control uh, regulations are, are up to date and allow the most flexibility that, you know, Haven is our, our shelter uh, right now and, and uh, Haven Humane Society. And they, they, along with the rest of the state, are really moving towards a what they call the no-kill shelter. And so they're trying not to euthanize uh, um, animals and, and trying to step up adoptions and, and also uh, get people to understand about uh, spay and neutering and those types of things so we don't have those, those nuisance problems and we really keep a, a good control over the um, non-owned pets out in the, the, the area. Um, next, the council uh, was gonna, uh, considered uh, essentially implementing some new protocols that uh, provides the mayor with some flexibility in terms of how she wants to open the city council meetings um, to the public. Uh, it's been since, since COVID has been put in place, uh, I think since about their mayor June last year, those meetings have been closed to the public. Uh, and, and so with us moving down into the, the orange tier and, and vaccines getting distributed and, Hopefully we are um, turning the corner on this, that there's going to be an expectation of opening those up. And, and the council certainly wants to do that as, as soon as is uh, possible, um, but maintaining the, the controls of the, the health guidance. Um, so it uh, just gives the mayor flexibility to work with the city manager on when is the right time to open. And then if we do have maybe another surge, then allows her to close those back down as needed. Um, and uh, we can move forward from there. So hopefully good news soon to, to open those completely back up to the public and we'll stand by and wait for that. Uh, next, we talked about um, my assistant director, Ryan Bailey, gave a presentation about water. Um, as folks may be hearing, uh, we are in the second um, dry year after a pretty healthy year. A couple, two years ago, we had some pretty good, pretty, pretty good rainfall amounts. And, uh, and last year was a dry year, and that brought the reservoirs down. Um, and this year we have, uh, we're down quite a bit, about 60% of capacity out at Shasta Lake. And so we're in a second dry year, um, but we started out this year with the reservoirs lower um, because not having much rain last year. And so the Bureau of Reclamation, who manages uh, the, the dams throughout the state, uh, Central Valley Project is called, um, 
they allocate water rights, and they have said that this is uh, so far a critical year. And what that means is, is for, at least for the city here, we have two contracts with the Bureau to provide water supply. One uh, is where we get most of our water, and that's out of the Sacramento River uh, at, at a location called Pump House One. It's on the river. We pump water out of there and up to our Foothill Treatment Plant and, and treat that and distribute it. We also get water out of Whiskeytown uh, Reservoir through the Spring Peak Conduit and another treatment plant that we have out in, uh, in just north of uh, Old Shasta. And those two contracts, because they are bureau contracts, are going to be cut back uh, this year. So we're only going to get 75% of our allocation from the river and only 45% of our allocation from, from Whiskeytown. Now, we are in a pretty good situation here in Rain because we also have a well field out in the east side of town. We have about 17 wells between our Enterprise and Cascade well fields, and those are our right to water as much as we need or can, can get out of it. And, and so we have the ability to pump uh, well water, and, and we can actually, the way that our system is designed, we can pump water all the way around the city. Um, so if... if, if the Buckeye treatment plan is down for whatever reason. We can pump water to, to get to, to folks out there. So all told, we are we are going to be cut back some, um, and we're going to be uh, providing a lot more messaging to the community um, about conservation because uh, uh, we have an ordinance that actually regulates our, our water um, conservation efforts, uh, Section 14.09 of the Municipal Code. And we have various stages that we, we go into. And, and right now we're, we're in stage one, which is, you know, voluntary measures. And we encourage people to conserve water as they can uh, be, um, be good about uh, washing vehicles and irrigating at the right times and not over uh, irrigating those types of things. And so that's what we are in sort of a standard operating procedure. But as we get cut back um, and based on our operating capacity, we can move into stage two, three, and four, which requires some mandatory conservation efforts to uh, only water on certain days or certain times of days. And, and we can be subject to fines if you're not adhering to that. And those, those kind of step up as you get down, you know, all the way to stage four, which is, hey, we're in an emergency situation, you know, stop all non-essential water, you know, at all and, and just use it for life, health, safety type things. And, you know, I don't expect us to get, you know, maybe even into stage two, really. Um, but as long as folks are good about, you know, voluntarily conserving and, and who knows, the weather may get a little bit better. And we may get, get out of this uh, some, but uh, but we will be launching um, more media campaigns, social media stuff on the website. Uh, we've got a podcast on our uh, water, thanks to uh, to Katie and Stephen, and and uh, and we have uh, various uh, pieces of information that we want to get out, and, and probably in our utility mailer, you'll you'll get some information there. So just be looking out for that. That we are we are in conservation mode, um, but know that uh, we are uh, in a healthy situation as far as our system. Uh, we have uh, multiple ways to get water, and you know, we have access to about thirty five thousand acre feet a year, and we only use about twenty to twenty five thousand. So we are in, in good shape uh, for water, but we want to make sure we're playing our part with the state and not making this, uh, you know, a real, a real uh, potential disaster for the state. So appreciate everybody uh, uh, following in line with that, and we'll get through this and, and hopefully uh, get some more rain as well. And then the final thing I want to talk about uh, that the, the council discussed a little bit was. Uh, short-term rentals. So our city attorney, Barry DeWalt, um, has uh, uh, gave the presentation to the council regarding some of the problems that we're having those. And when we say short-term rentals, those are folks that that 
own a home and maybe rent that out on VRBO or other types of uh, sites to, to rent those homes out to folks. And what's supposed to happen is, is those, those people are supposed to get a permit from the city and they're supposed to register. And, and just like a hotel or anywhere else, they're supposed to pay transit occupancy tax. Uh, it's, a, it's a tax for basically a bed tax um, that uh, provides revenue uh, for, for the city, but also you know, really to, to recoup costs for uh, enforcing this. And, and it lets people be on a, a level playing field. You know, if you have folks that are signed up and some that aren't, then, you know, the ones that aren't can maybe offer cheaper rates and, you know, it's not competitive and, and uh, those things. And so of the, the 220 or so um, VRBOs that we know about there or, or short-term rentals, I should say, it's not just VRBO, only about a hundred of them are operating with a permit. And, and that's, problematic. And, and so it's very tough to track those. Um, and so the city attorney is recommending that we purchase some software that is going to help us to track that better um, so that we can then go out and, and first notify people. You know, there may be people that don't even know they're supposed to do this and, uh, and get signed up. So it'll, it'll automatically track those. It'll look at websites that are, that are, um, seeking uh, the rentals and, and line those up with both ones that we've actually have uh, permitted and ones that aren't, it'll send out um, first a couple of notices and reminders to those people that, Hey, you should be doing this. Um, you should be getting registered. You should get your license and permit. And, and uh, if not, it allows them to be um, in the system so that they can get uh, uh, enforcement actions if it has to get to that, that location. Um, as I mentioned, uh, there's, there's about a, hundred of them now that are that are uh, that are registered correctly and those generate about two hundred and sixty sixty five thousand dollars a year in, in TOT tax and, and so um, you know having all 225 obviously you can uh, interpolate the, those numbers and that's that's a lot of revenue that's not being generated that can go to things like police and fire and other things uh, uh, for the city and and uh, and also to the program to actually regulate those I don't think it's anybody's intent to according to city attorney to, to go out and, and, and be punitive on these, but we just want to make people aware and making sure they're, they're, they're working on an even playing field. And, and so uh, that is uh, what they're intending to do on that. And that pretty much wraps up uh, what was discussed last night. Uh, so uh, I'd encourage you to go to our, our website, cityreading.org, and you can get more into the details about each one of those, read all the, the staff reports, uh, or actually watch the video of the council meeting. Those are all up on the site, and uh, you're welcome to, to hit those anytime. As a reminder, to find the video link, just follow these steps. Step one, at the bottom of the City of Reading homepage, click the button labeled Meetings and Agendas. Step two, once this page opens, click the tab at the top of the page labeled Meeting Videos. Step three, under the Available Archives section, click Reading City Council, and there will be a list of meetings with video links on the right-hand side of the page. Step four, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.